0: I am not Chris Benjamin. I am not Cade Richards, who was prepared to be our speaker this morning. And more importantly, I am not going to preach this morning. Ron Brown and his wife were scheduled to be with us to make a presentation in our class hour, which they did if you didn't see it, talk to some who were here. Uh, Ron and his wife have been involved in evangelistic work and medical outreach in China and now in the issue of saving young ladies from sex trade trafficking in Nepal, Laos, and other parts of Southeast Asia. Ron has visited with us previously. Uh, He he has encouraged us to do good things in our lives, and we appreciate his service in, in the Lord's Church. And since Ron was here and since Cade uh, needed a replacement, Ron has been recruited uh, to be our speaker this morning. He will also be the speaker in our Sunday evening auditorium gathering, and so you're welcome to come back this evening for that gathering. Ron, please.
1: I'm pleased to be with you this morning, I have an opportunity to just speak to you this morning and tonight, and I hope that I can say something that may encourage you and stimulate you and motivate you to be involved in sacrifice. Sacrifice is not a very popular subject today, um, our world is not the kind of world today that likes to think about sacrifice. But we as Christians probably should realize that God does require us to sacrifice today. We think, well, sacrifice was back in the Old Testament. That was for the people of the Old Testament. Did God change when he started with a new covenant for us? So the question is, does God require sacrifice of Christians today? And I'll try to answer that question for you. Sacrifice means to surrender, to give up, to permit injury or disadvantage for the sake of something else. Are we supposed to do that today? Is that our responsibility to God? We know about sacrifice that I mentioned in the Old Testament. From the very beginning of time, God required sacrifice of his people. The first murder was really over-sacrifice. Cain and Abel were offering the sacrifices which God commanded them to do, and there was a problem. You see, Abel offered the correct sacrifice that God required, but Cain did not. And it caused the first murder to ever be recorded in history. What was the purpose of God's sacrifice? God required sacrifice for the Israelites in order to show the penalty of sin. Under the old covenant, a guilty Israelite could offer up an animal sacrifice through the proper channels to be relieved of the guilt of that sin. Although this sin was not a full remission of sin. It is the primary purpose of God's requirement of sacrifice during the Old Testament period of time. But our sacrifice today, the sacrifice that I'll talk about, is very different from that of the Old Testament. And I think our sacrifice is much more important, more important to God. Because, you see, God became incarnate, and he died upon a cross for our sins, the ultimate sacrifice. And the Old Testament sacrifice was only a picture of future sacrifice that might come in the New Testament period of time. Christian sacrifice. And do not neglect doing good and sharing with such sacrifice. God is pleased. Then Paul goes on to say that sacrifice... Is our reasonable service. He said, I beseech you, therefore, my brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable, which is your reasonable service. It's not unreasonable, then, for God to ask us to sacrifice for His cause. And the more we sacrifice, and we will learn this as we go on. The more pleasing God will be with our lives and our conduct. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering, the sacrifice and service concerning your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. And I'll use Paul as an example of sacrifice, a sacrificing saint that he was. And you go, but first. Corinthians chapter 11, or maybe a second, I can't remember, chapter 11. And he enumerates all the things that he had suffered in his period of time as a missionary. Unbelievable suffering. But what did he say? I rejoice. He rejoices in the fact that he could sacrifice for the cause of Christ. We must rejoice in the fact that God requires us to sacrifice today. We know, yes, animal sacrifice. We know the sacrifice of Christ. We know how important that both of them were to God. But there is a sacrifice today. It's called Christian sacrifices. And I believe that each and every one of us must be involved in giving our lives to the cause of Christ and to his service and to those that he loves and that's all the world that we have a responsibility to give that Christian sacrifice. Matthew 6, 13, 16 and 16:24 through 26 then said Jesus unto his disciples, "If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Does that sound like sacrifice? Take up your cross and follow Jesus? It does to me. For whoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. You mean I have to give up my life in order to find eternal life? Do I have to sacrifice in order to be acceptable to Jesus Christ? For what is a man profited if he gained the whole world, lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And some men will not give anything and... They have no hope of eternal life. Sacrifice is a part of the Christian religion. Sacrificing saints. I mentioned to you Paul. Paul is our perfect example of sacrifice. He gave everything that he had, and finally he gave his life. God does not ask us to give our lives. But God asks us to give everything that we have and everything that we are in order to be re- responsible to him in our sacrifice. Paul comes along, Second Timothy chapter 6, verse 4. He said, I finished the fight. He knew he was going to be dying soon. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. He knew that his sacrifice would pay off because he said, I have a crown. A crown not only for me, but for all of those who want to serve God. That's us. Then there was an old man. He was 86 years old. His name is Polycarp. Polycarp was born into the church. He was a member of... The, member of a family. His mother was a Christian. He was probably born about 86, 87, somewhere around there. Died in 155. And it's actually believed that the Apostle John appointed him an elder at Smyrna, the church at Smyrna. And he served that church for many years. He only wrote one book. He was not a well-educated man. He didn't have an, uh, a degree, and he wrote a letter to the Philippian church, and it's, I think, the only writing I know that he, he had. And it, it shows that he didn't have a formal education as much. But he was an elder. He was appointed an elder of the church in Smyrna. He served God faithfully. During a time when persecution was very severe, and the, the members of the Lord's Church in Smyrna would try to get, Polycarp, you need to move. He finally moved out into the countryside, away from the city, in order to avoid the Romans getting him, putting him in prison. But finally came the time when the Romans came to take him to prison. And the, he still, the members of the Lord's Church in Smyrna, we, we must get him away. Just, Polycarp, run, get out of here. He said, no. He said, I had a dream last night. He said, I need to be sacrificed for the Lord, for the cause of Christ. So the day comes, they're interviewing him again as they constantly try to get him, deny your faith in God and deny your faith in Jesus Christ. We'll let you go. Polycarp would not. And finally, the interrogator just pushed him so hard. He said, you know, You're threatening to burn me at the stake. That's a temporary fire, but you're going to go to a fire of eternal damnation. Wow. It made him pretty mad, angry. Take the man out, tie him, nail him to a stake and build a fire and burn him. And that's exactly what they did. Polycarp refused to let him nail, nail him to the stake. He said, I'll stand there, I'll die, I'm dying for the cause of Christ was called upon to give his life in service to God. And they said, we'll give you one more chance, Polycarp, to deny your faith, deny God, deny Jesus Christ. He says, 80 and 6 years have I served him. I will not reject him now. They couldn't get the wood to burn. They were going to burn him. It must have been wet or something, but it wouldn't burn. So they had to stab him in order to kill him. That's what I call sacrifice, sacrificing saints. I first met S.K. Dong in 1956, I think. I was very young then. (laughs) I could be your youth minister then. Brother S.K. Dong was a remarkable man. He lived on a farm in South Korea. Not South, it was that time; it was not South and North Korea. That didn't occur until 1945. It was Korea. He lived on a farm for about 14 years. Finally, moved into the city of Seoul. He worked there. He finally had an opportunity to come to Hawaii to work in the sugarcane fields, and he did. He moved to Hawaii work in the sugarcane fields for a period of time. And finally, he had an opportunity to go to California. While he was in Hawaii, he became a member of the Methodist Church, was faithful to the Methodist Church, and, and began to learn something about religion. But it wasn't until he reached California that he learned about the Lord's Church, the Church of Christ. He was taught, he was baptized, and he started learning more and more about the Lord's church. And finally, it came to the point where he said, I must go back to Korea. He went back to Korea and worked and worked. He sacrificed living in the United States, enjoying a good life to go back to Korea, which was not that desirable he established congregations all over North Korea and South Korea. We don't know what has happened to the ch- congregations in North Korea at this point. But today in South Korea, there are approximately 200 churches of Christ in South Korea. And why are they there? They are there only because of Brother S.K. Dong. He died in 1971 he did not know what influence he had just because he was willing to sacrifice his life for the cause of Christ. I don't know. Maybe you're sacrificing. Maybe you're giving everything that you have. Maybe you are giving your life to Jesus Christ in his service and you're willing to do whatever is required. Maybe you don't need this remedy. But I would think there'd be some in this audience that are need a remedy because I haven't found an audience, I don't think, where everyone realized, hey, I'm a Christian and I'm a sacrifice. In fact, I find the contrary. That most Christians today don't like the word sacrifice. So, I'll give you the remedy regardless. Teach duty first, pleasure last. We live in a very pleasure oriented society today. Everything is directed to me and my pleasure and what I can enjoy and what I like. And it's an epidemic in the United States more so than even in other nations. Give you an example. We visit a lot of churches in the Southeast, Southwestern United States. Every year we give reports to the congregations. Even though we're self-supporting, we still have to have money in order to carry on the work. So we have to visit these congregations that are supporting us. We go to some congregations and the preacher's wife is not present. Why? She's not there. Oh, she had to go to the ball game to practice with the kids, take the kids to ball practice. You see, put God's first. Put duty first. Pleasure second. Last. Next, do not spoil your children by giving them everything. Oh, I became a little nervous when I saw all these children coming up here. I thought, I'm going to be crucified before I get out of here. <laughs> Today in the United States, our children do not understand that they can't have everything they want. That would be the most horrible thing that could happen to any child, is to give them everything they want. They need to learn that if they're going to be Christians and live the Christian life, some sacrifice, some giving up of things is required. The next item, encourage Bible study. Do you realize that in the churches of Christ today, only 10% of the body of the churches of Christ, our brotherhood, only 10% are daily Bible readers? 10%. Probably the lowest percentage that has ever existed. I remember Robert E. Lee... Maybe I shouldn't. This is not politically correct. Robert E. Lee said, if you're in a court of law, you don't have a Bible to swear in the witness. He said, if Alexander Campbell is there, just lay your hand on his head. It will suffice. That's a tremendous compliment. I can remember in my community where I grew up in Middle Tennessee that if a question came up, where do you find this in the Bible? Where is this spoken of by God? They say, go to a member of the Church of Christ. They know the scriptures. They'll tell you where it is in the Bible. That's not true today. Today, we need to be back in God's word so badly today. Set the example of sacrifice. Don't tell me. Show me. That's right. That's what it means. Show me, and I'll believe you. See, actions speak so much louder than words. Set the example for sacrifice. Then maybe others will join in your sacrifice. Because you're coming up to a day when it's going to require all members of this congregation to sacrifice in order to carry on the mission that God has entrusted to you that I'll talk about tonight to some degree. Why am I a missionary? Why should you be a missionary? In your community, you can be a missionary. Set the example of sacrifice, and it will mean a lot. Then the last thing is teach the principles of sacrifice. Some sacrifice is no sacrifice. Turn to Malachi chapter 3. In Malachi chapter 3, let me just read a few verses here. Will a man rob God? Oh, my. You have robbed me. You have robbed me in your tithes and contributions. And I go back. Let me go back to chapter 1. What were they doing? In their sacrifices, they were bringing the animals that were lame. They were bringing animals that were sick. They were bringing animals that they had stolen and offering them to God. No wonder they, God would ask the question. They had, were they robbing God? So some sacrifice is no sacrifice. If they were just getting rid of all the animals that they didn't want. They were giving God what's left over. And some Christians today can rob God. They don't prepare before they come to the, contribu- uh, to the contribution. and say, well, we're setting aside these funds to give to the Lord this year. They come, well, I'll give what's left over. That's just like giving the lame, the blind, and the things that they had stolen in the Old Testament in Malachi chapter 3. Some sacrifice is not a sacrifice. God wants only one thing. Look at Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. That's a quotation from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. You shall love the God. And he said, with all, everything that you are, everything that you have. That's your responsibility. That's what God wants of us. That's what's required. And it is our our responsibility to do this. And when we look at the scriptures and we read there, we realize that we have a responsibility. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the totality of man. Everything that we have belongs to God and to his service. And if that is our reasonable service, there is no such thing as sacrifice. I know it took me many years to understand the fact that when we, Middle Tennessee, we, we like fried chicken. And I did not understand for many years why my mother would always eat the gizzard. I really didn't think the gizzard was the best part of the chicken but she would always eat the gizzard. After I'd grown much older, I don't know, I realized she loved the pulley bone and the breast and the good parts that she left for for the three of us, three children. But she did it because of love. And to her, though, it wasn't a sacrifice. It was just an act of law that was normal, an act that she thought would be good. And she didn't look at it as a sacrifice, in my opinion. It is not possible to avoid sacrifice. If you are a parent, you come to me afterwards and tell me, I've never sacrificed. I will not believe you either. Every parent sacrifices. It is not possible to avoid sacrifice. Now, if we will sacrifice for our children, if we will sacrifice for other members of our family, can we not sacrifice for the Lord and for his service? We can. We should. We must. Sacrifice is the key to blessings. I've always heard all my life, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. That is true. The more you give of your life and of your service, of your time, of everything that you have, the more blessings you will receive. And I I can turn over here to Luke, in Luke chapter 6, where the scripture says, Press down. Shaken together. What does that mean? Have you ever tried to put things into a container? What will you do? Shake it a little. It'll it'll go down more. God will give unto you. Let's go back to Malachi chapter 3 again. These people were under Jeroboam. Jeroboam was horrible. That's all I can say about him. The people were very wealthy during that period of time. It was a period of time of good prosperity. But they were turning against God and against his service. So that's the reason Malachi wrote the book of Malachi under God's direction to try to bring the children of Israel, the northern tribe of Israel, back into a relationship with God. And God says here in Malachi, if you will only repent, if you'll turn from your ways and you will quit robbing me, he said, I will open the windows of heaven and I will pour upon you more blessings than you can ever even imagine. I come along to the New Testament in Luke chapter 6. Basically, he's saying the same thing. If you will give, I will give you more and more. Can you outgive God? Never, never. These are the principles of sacrifice which we need in the Lord's church today. John twelve twenty four through 26. And this is to some degree a repeat of the scripture I had before. Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates life in this world will keep the life eternal. What is that? That means I have to give up my life? Oh, I think about the rich young ruler. Matthew chapter 19, uh, Mark chapter 10, Luke chapter 18. He was rich. He was a ruler. He was young. (laughs) All these are very good attributes. But he failed one thing. He came to Jesus, and Jesus loved him because he said, I've lived under the Ten Commandments. I've obeyed the Ten Commandments from my youth up. Jesus said, sell all you have and give to the poor. Come and follow me. And Jesus knew that his wealth stood between him and eternal life. And he says he walked away sorrowful for he had many possessions. He did not realize how much he was giving up because he was unwilling to sacrifice. He loved his possessions more than he loved eternal life and more than he loved following Jesus Christ. And that's what this scripture in the same way says in the New Testament scripture, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. There is no sacrifice on this earth that is too great for me to make for my eternal salvation and the hope that I have of eternal life. Nothing. Even if I have to give my life I still have not even paid, not even a a token of what I owe. There is no sacrifice that's too great. Our acceptable sacrifice is putting aside or surrendering our legitimate human needs, hopes, plans, and ambitions to the will and service of God. Does God require sacrifice today? The answer is yes. You might ask, well, what did you plan to accomplish in this lesson? Number one, I wanted you to think. I wanted you to think about your concept of Christianity in relation to sacrifice. Where in the world did we get the idea that we don't have to sacrifice? And why did we get the idea that Christianity is easy? Don't rock the boat. Go with the flow. Where did we get that idea? Not in this word of God. Not from heaven. It came from man on earth. It's a misconception. So I want you to think about your Christianity, your sacrifice, your life as a Christian. Number two, I want you to evaluate your life in relation to what God requires of you. I've tried to present today the requirements that God has for us in relation to sacrifice. Think about it. And number three, I wanted to cause you to act. After you think about it, you evaluate your life, act. Act upon your decision. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve self? You can't serve both. You see, he said in the scriptures, we give up our lives in order to have eternal life. Have you given your life to Christ? If you haven't, you're not enrolled in his army yet. You're not in his service. You're not ready to sacrifice. You don't even understand sacrifice. You have to give your life and be immersed into baptism, confess your sins, repent of your sins, and be buried in baptism to become a Christian. Or if you're evaluating your life and you find that you need the remedies, you need to change, you need, you need something more, you can come this morning You can come. The elders will pray for you. You can get your life right with God, and you can begin to serve him in the way that you should. If you're subject, would you come while together we stand and sing?